Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. And thanks very much for joining us here on 1629 SENSA for Kimbo and The Roots. Without the great man Kim Dillon, I'm John Casey filling in for him. And we hope we're going to put a smile on his face over the next two hours, along with you at home as well. But, of course, the only way we can put a smile on anyone's face is if we get the star of the show involved. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, shaka-laka, Ah, oh, good afternoon there, Rooch. Great to be opposite you, filling in for Kimbo. And uh, as I say, I hope he gets well soon. But to have you across here and that play on, I love it. Always wanted to be in the studio when it was rolling. Well, welcome aboard, John. This place is busier than AFL Trade Central. Yesterday, <laughs> we traded in Miles Fitzner. <laughs> now we've traded in John Casey. I hope you got We're not something. here tomorrow, because <laughs> otherwise I'm not sure. Who would have been on the other side of the Well, panel? I hope you got something as well for me uh, coming in for Miles. I heard Miles yesterday, and I think he upset a few people, ruffling a few feathers here and there. I'm a little more toned for, down than uh, Miles can that, be. For all of that, John, I think he actually put a thought that's germinated. It has germinated. And we've got David Noble to talk about this shortly. But at the end of this trade period, what we need to do, because Miles has put this thought in my head, at the end of the trade period, which will be, get ready for this, it's Wednesday next week. 7.30. Have you had enough of it? Have you had enough of it? Already. Already. <laughs> yep. I've switched off. Wednesday next week. We should look at every list and grade it yep. from 1 to 18. That's what we should do. So, and I think at the end of it, we'll say Geelong's still number one. It's interesting who we have at 18, but I think it's a worthwhile exercise. Let's I think go so Let's go through well. the lists and see where everything is at. And what I was saying about Geelong... I've done a trade. We've had a trade in the last minute. You ready for this? Ring the bell. I wanted to ring a bell for you. Tanner Bruin has gone from the Giants to Geelong. Originally a number 12 pick. They've handed up number 18 for him. And you've looked at his numbers and you're saying, what are they paying for here? Well, underwhelming. I have to, 30 games over two years and he averages 10 disposals. I'm not a big on Tanner Bruin, but obviously Geelong there is some is. value there. And uh, they obviously like what they look that they can see? Well, the boss, Craig Hutchison, always says that at this time of the year you pay for potential. So they obviously see a lot in him for what they need at Geelong. And there's a lot of talk at the moment about Geelong and the way they're going about their business. I, I sense envy where people should be saying, that's the club we want to be. Don't be envious of them. Inspire yourself to be as good as them. And if they're doing deals that everyone says, how are they doing this? How are they managing the salary cap? How are they getting all these star players? Well, instead of asking about Geelong, ask of yourselves and say, why can't we do it? I think that's the bigger question. I, I don't, just don't understand why people are taking baseball bats to Geelong and say, oh, 
they're doing this in a way that's undercutting the market. Well, good luck to them. Exactly. Couldn't agree with you more. I, a lot of basketball people look at the Perth Wildcats and say yep. they shouldn't be so successful. I said, no, look at what they're doing and challenge yourself to Correct. get as good as them. That, and that works in every facet of sport and probably life as well. Look at what the person is doing so well and try and mimic what they're doing and follow them and get your list up as good as Geelong. And that's why people want to go to Geelong because they've got success down there. Matty Rendell's going to talk to us a little bit later about that as well. Big show coming up. Stevie Johnson from Bathurst. Paul Bonds is down at the cricket. It'll be interesting to see how that's all unfolding there. And the great man Brett Maher of Bungie and Brettster fame from Sunday Morning Show is going to join us to tell us how the 36ers went about their business today over in the USA. Are you getting worried about 36ers, like you said to us the other day, that if they keep I'm glad they lost today. Lighting it up <laughs> in the states. <laughs> that's how they'll us. come back with empty shirts. Well, that, that's it. They, uh, uh, you know, Craig Randall was good again today. Antonius Cleveland, who wasn't the star in game one, was the star today. So his name's gone up the pecking order a little bit as well. But yeah, I'm still a little concerned that they're not going to come home with everyone that went over there. I'm sure there's going to be offers for some of those players. So. Uh, but good luck to them. They've done a South Australia and Australia proud. Indeed. They uh, have uh, broken new ground. What was the best before the Sixers beat Phoenix? What was the closest anyone had ever got before to uh, upsetting or, you know, rattling a cage in the big league? Well, Melbourne United got within a single point of wow. OKC a couple of years ago. And in fact, there was a very strange call at the end okay. of the game that okay. went against them that people were suggesting they didn't want the embarrassment of a, an Australian team going over there and winning. So they got within one point, but they did pick up a couple of US players while they ah, were there that played uh, to help fill out the ranks, so to speak. But yeah, I think I mentioned the other day when I was on with you and Kimbo that you have to go back to around 2015 to when Fenerbahce from Turkey actually defeated um, New York in a preseason game was the last time an overseas team had done it. So, um, so it puts the Sixers on the front page of newspapers here, which is great for Grant Kelly and his team. What, yeah. what was the reaction of the States? Have you got a feel of how the commentary went there as to what did they acknowledge that Australian basketball is in a good shape or what were they saying there? They have done for some time. Uh, basketball in Australia is booming. They, they are aware of it and they know, I think it's been likely through the, the deeds of Paddy Mills, Ben Simmons, oh, yes. of course. Oh, ben Simmons. You know, we've, we've ben Andrew Bogut prior to that, a number one draft pick. So we've had a lot of success in terms of individuals. And people, because a lot of the players there have bought partnerships into NBL teams, that mm. uh, they're aware of how well it's going over here. And, of course, winning a bronze medal at the Olympics certainly helps as well. So I think the Australian basketball is well received over there. But I think they were still a little bit... Uh, a little bit upset about the Adelaide 36ers winning and it was because the Phoenix Suns weren't at 100%, rested some players, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think they gave them all the credit they deserved when, you know, you've just got to take your lumps when they come. And exactly. Adelaide beat their starting five. It's going to be the starting five that they'll roll out. They played, um, they were, minutes were managed. Their, their star players only played half the game. But the 36ers went over to the United States and beat an NBA team and it's never been done before wow. by an Australian team. So go South Australia, I say. Well, it is day five of the AFL trade period. We are, let me have a look at the clock. We are 50 minutes away from the <laughs> office closing at AFL House and paperwork being lodged. We're still waiting on Isaac Rankin. to be Not going to happen today. Well, it's all an argument over draft picks, to which seems to be like as if two kids are in the schoolyard and saying, well, your marble's a little bigger than mine, so you're going to have to give me another marble to even it up. It's a bit... But we understand that next year everyone's saying it's a great draft pool and everyone wants to make sure they have enough points or the right draft picks. But 
Okay, so we wait. But we know that Isaac Rankin will be playing for Adelaide next year. Major developments with Junior Rioli, West Coast to Port Adelaide. And we know there's been a fair bit of argy-bargy between Port Adelaide and West Coast in the past 48 hours, if not 72 hours. Damien Barrett is just recently saying on AFL Trade Radio, and I'll quote, my understanding is that West Coast will be happy to let that one play out and if they don't get what they want, they will let him, that is Junior Rioli, just walk to Port Adelaide. Now, a lot of confusion yesterday as to whether, as Damien reported, that West Coast had asked of Daniel Houston at Port Adelaide, which seemed an extraordinary seek and ask mission. Just Amber claim, surely. Probably. And then over in the West, our good friend Ryan Daniel said, no, West Coast hasn't. Now, I actually believe both of them. And even though that might say, well, hang on, one's saying yes and the other one's saying no, how can you believe both? Well, I do remember last year people were saying West Coast is after Sam Palpepper and then West Coast said they weren't. But then when you go talk to the man in the middle himself, he'll tell you, yes, there was an inquiry. So I actually believe both of them. But, yeah, I'm intrigued as to where this one finishes out. But I, I've been saying from the moment this began that West Coast will be quite happy to see Junior, Junior Rioli go to Port Adelaide. If they can get something in return... It's a bonus for them. But I think it's more show than reality that they're, you know, pumping their drums and saying, well, you can't take him, you know, you can't take him. Well, I think they're quite happy to let him walk. The next interesting one is Jason Horn Francis. That's still in limbo. And now there's this debate as to whether North should just stand firm. So, no... Tell the kid he's got to come back, see out his contract, and we'll see what he's worth at the end of next year. Give Alistair Clarkson a year to maybe have him grow up, so to speak, not get homesick. So that'll be interesting as well, how that one plays. But I, I would imagine if all of a sudden Port Adelaide can disconnect themselves from West Coast and just see Junior Rioli walk, even if it's through the pre-season draft, it just puts their focus on Jason Horn Francis with more draft assets to make it happen. So... We're in for a long, long wait. I think you're right. We are indeed. And I think that's the thing about the trade period is that it does drag on. And there's so many different stories. No one seems to know exactly what's going on. And I'm sure a lot of people don't. But I think from the West Coast Eagles point of view, I understand that completely. They've stood strong with Junior Rioli for Mm. two years when he didn't play. And now he says he wants out. Well, if that's the attitude, I'd still be inclined to try and get something back for him. But um, if they're, they're happy to let him see, see him leave, then that's the way that it is. But Port Adelaide have got a lot of work to do to get Jason Horn Francis Absolutely. here. Absolutely, Still a lot of work to go uh, into that one. And they've also got Radagalia on their books. Well, so, you know, their wish list. Uh, and it looks like that one will play out with a draft pick going to Geelong. And then they'll also be able to pick up from Geelong Francis Evans, who's a delisted player. That will cost them nothing. So that would be interesting if in the end Port Adelaide restocks its attack, has a multifaceted player as Radagalia, a genuine prospect in terms of potential, when we talk about that potential aspect, Jason Horn francis in the midfield. So by Thursday, when we've had a look at how everyone's finished out of this trade period and we go to do our rankings, it'll be interesting where people put Port Adelaide. David Noble, who has had a long, long journey in football, whether it be in recruiting, football admin, even that short stint now at North Melbourne as a coach, has spoken this afternoon about how he rates Port Adelaide's list. This is his verdict on Port Adelaide and where their squad stands. 
I'm not as bullish as the power and quite a lot have been. Really? Yeah, I must say. Um, I still think they've got a lot of question marks. I, I get the sense of what they're trying to do. Jason coming in, he's, a very un, he's not an established player. Um, let's be honest, he's a high talent. We know that he's not, not established. Radigalia, not an established player. Um, Rioli, yeah, got some talent, but again, has very much got fluctuations of, you know, up and down. So, um, so from a growth perspective, um, ability to get better, I've only got them at a six demo. I, I think they're, you know, they've got a group in there that have developed. Um, but I still think, you know, if you look at Houston, Jonas, Cleary, Burn Jones in the sort of their back end, um, Finlayson, Rosie, Georgiatis down that back, the forward end, um, Fantasia, I'm not sure. Dixon's another year older. Boke's another year older. So, yeah, you know, I just think there's still quite a few question marks for me as to to where they're at. So that's why I've got their growth as a six. Yep. Fair assessment. Look, uh, it depends on what you compare it with. It's almost like apples and oranges. Well, the benchmark is Geelong. That's clearly the benchmark. Yep. Yep. So, well, I look at Port Adelaide's list and I think they've got a lot to work with there. I think they've got some limitations there as well. But I think in terms of this trade period, what you do is you say, okay, well, who's come in? Who's gone out? And as long as you're on the positive side, then you're improving, you're heading in the right direction. That's all that it matters at the moment because what is their list like compared with Geelong's right now? Well, it's uh, not as good because they're the reigning premiers and Port Adelaide didn't play finals. So, exactly. But as long as they're improving and they're identifying their weaknesses, the areas they need to get better at, then I think Jason Horn francis coming in is a big tick for them. I think they get Junior Rioli in. That's a big tick for them as well. And I think Radagalia comes in is a big tick for them as well. I'm still thinking Port Adelaide still need another big defender. I, I think agree. they're undersized down there. And until they fix that problem, they're going to run into the same problems of Tom Hawkins ragdolling them yep. and big forwards getting away from them. So why clubs just don't identify what our big issue is and try and fix it? And yes, this is good and picking up these players, I still think they haven't addressed the big problem. So the trade period is about delivering hope for the fans. So they're getting their membership renewal forms at the moment. You want them to eagerly say, yep, I want to be involved in this. I believe my club is moving forward. So Jason Hall Francis gives them a vision for a decade. I mean, he, he should be as a number one draft pick. We, and we've seen his talent at Sanford level. He should be the classic 200-game minimum, 10-year minimum type player. So that's about building long-term hope. Rioli's about delivering an instant answer to a big issue once you haven't got Robbie Gray on the side anymore and you're not sure about Fantasia. Yep. Radigalia is possible to play in three different roles, which helps him in that. So, yeah, you're right. That's about pushing it on to giving you hope for next year. Adelaide, I'm intrigued that people think Adelaide needed to be busier than everyone else in this trade period. Their strategy is not one trade period. It's many trade periods and many drafts to get this rebuild right. Because we've seen it before. There's a lot of rebuilds that get fast-tracked and then fall into a hole again, and then you put yourself another 10 years behind. Do, do I need to mention Carlton? <laughs> yeah. So Hits and misses, isn't it? So is there enthusiasm or concern for what Adelaide is doing? I'd love to hear – we started down this track a bit yesterday, but I'd love to hear from Crows fans that they – believing in the long-term vision or are they getting distracted and impatient for short-term results, which might not work in their favour? 
Oh, well, I like that. Let's get the fans involved. The lines are open, one 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427-154-166. The run home is brought to you by Balfour's. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game and the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock. Now more Kimbo on the Rooch in just a moment. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. We're live from Studio Lumo here, number one King William Street in Adelaide, your new home of sport. Download the SEN app, pair it in the car and listen live anywhere. John Casey filling in for Kimbo, who I hope is on the mend, going to be back with us on Monday. But Michelangelo Rucci is here as usual. We're talking about the AFL trade market at the moment. Plenty happening, but it's uh, plenty happening and not much happening at the same time. So Brisbane is now about to unload some more draft picks, getting even further away from those early picks that the Western Bulldogs want for Josh Dunkley. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued as to where this one finishes in the end. If Josh Dunkley is left without a trade at the end of it, like he was when he tried to get to Essendon, that's a pretty poor... Pretty poor state of affairs by Brisbane then if they've left him hanging. I think it's unusual, but I'm not sure if it's poor. I, I think that... If you commit to a guy, you've got to do the deal. Well, yes and no. I mean, people commit to things all the time and change their mind. People mm. tell you things straight to your face and then change their mind all the time. So that can happen. But um, I think what we're seeing unfold here, particularly now where it's getting a little more complicated in terms of the trade and being able to swap picks, picks. and future mm. picks and dumping money and all that type of stuff. There are The smartest people are getting better and those that aren't very smart and are getting caught up in all this are the ones who are going to miss out. It's like uh, the chairs, how many are left when the music stops because get in and get the deal done. If you, It's like when you go to an auction. I don't want to pay overs to buy this house, but if you really want the house, then start bidding and keep bidding and you can get it. Yep. I, I think you've got to, as you say, you make a commitment, but in this day and age, until we get the players' salaries and put them all out in black and white, that's going to help the scenario, I think, a little bit, Rooch. And I know well, I would, so we it's can actually look at a club it? salary cap and say, yes, they do have this room to manoeuvre and then understand who does have the capacity to get a player or several players. Because we're all curious how Geelong's doing it. And everyone's saying, oh, they've got a very strict pay model. Well, wouldn't mind it being laid out in print for me so I can actually be convinced. Well, we've got a lot of stars who clearly are not... Throwing back money, surely. Of course you do. Plenty of people. people Who's on the line for us today? We've got Troy. I think Troy from WA on line two. Troy, good afternoon to you. Isn't it ironic, boys? Timmy Dillon's not there and I'll come on the air. What's the go? <laughs> well, he's he's under the weather. He's very <laughs> ill at the how are you? Hello, Troy. Is, is yeah, Junior Rioli going to be playing for Port Adelaide next year? I don't think the Eagles have got a choice, have they? No, I don't this think so. This is my either. issue, boys. Mm-hmm. This, this is my issue with all this, and Jason Horn Francis. That was the main reason I rang. Now, if the AFL and the AFL footy clubs are serious mm-hmm. about mental health with players, officials, and everything, you know, Jason Horn Francis is obviously not happy off field, and that shows on field. So, for his mental health state, just alone, 
just let him go home. I'm not saying give him away, mm. but, you know, work it out for the sake of everybody. Well, that's the real challenge now for North Melbourne to work through. If they were to hold on to Jason Horn Francis, is it in the club's best interest? Is it in the player's best interest? And then if they come to the conclusion keeping him at Arden Street for another year is not going to work, how do they then get the best deal? He's a number one draft pick. That's a heavy investment for any football club. You've got to get some return if he's just going to walk out after a year. And they will. They're going to be compensated. Just a matter of how much they're going to be uh, compensated and if they're happy with it. But they're going to have to take something and they're going to get the trade. Thanks for that, Troy. Great to have you on the program once more. What about John from Port Augusta has joined us as well. John, what are your thoughts on the trade period? Yeah, hello, John. Michael Angelo. Hey, uh, this is fellas. Just on... Um, I'm reading about ambassadors in the media and all the rest. I'm watching Channel 7 News last night, which I often do, and um, watching the sports news, and Theodoropoulos... And saying, oh, Christ, thanks, don't ring in, don't email in, don't, don't fuck up the lines with, um, uh, um, all the rest of Facebook and all the rest of it with, um, the blokes about not getting this, still getting the deal done with Rankin. But the thing is, he's an ambassador of the Crows, isn't he? I believe. I believe. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not. He's a, he's a I stand corrected. He's a Carlton supporter who did do the ground right. for them until this season. But I, I thought he was an ambassador. I stand no, corrected. No, no, he's a Carlton. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, because um, I do get cheesed off from the ambassadors. Um, and, you know, like a certain former radio station we used to with Reach. They're, they're full of them. And, and that's the reason I've switched off them. They can't handle a bad word about them. They can't handle a critique from interstate. I mean, um, and all the rest of it. And uh, it's just, it turns me off. And I can remember Grant Cord getting dragged into Stephen Triggs' office in about 2005 when he's bagging the Crows because of the Neil Craig situation. Because you've got a long history, Neil Craig and Grant Cord's and Cord, going way back. And then um, going back to their Sanofil days. And then... Um, yeah, it's just, um, and it said, um, do, you want, do you want your ambassadorship or not? And you better tow the party line. And just, and just this rubbish is this crap. Well, I wouldn't say that Stephen Rowe was totally enamoured with the Adelaide Football Club last night. His, his argument that Adelaide has been virtually asleep at the wheel in this trade period wasn't a statement of an ambassador. So everyone's going to make their critique regardless of who they support. In the end, we all have opinions on where our football teams and opposition football teams are at. Um, I'm, I'm of the other front on what Adelaide's been doing through this trade period. I think they have a very strategic plan. They're working to it quite logically. They have set their targets. They're not just going to buy for the sake of buying. Again, the proof is going to be in what we see, not in coming season. We expect them to improve, but I think they're at least two years away before we even know them as a finals contender. Could be, maybe not. I'm a little bit more bullish about their chances, Rooch, but uh, we will see on that. We've got a lot more still coming up on the show today as well. Matt Rendell's going to join us and talk yes. to us more about the draft he trade He needs to period. explain what Brisbane is doing because I'm fearing for Josh Dunkley. Oh, well, we will find out. Stevie Johnson hopefully will join us from a very wet Bathurst and Paul Bonser down at the cricket will join us as well, along with Brett Maher, the 36ers great, who's going to talk about the 36ers and their performance against Oklahoma City Thunder in the NBA. 
NBA today. This is Kimbo on the Rooch, the run home. It's brought to you by Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. Time for a news break. We'll be back after that. It's the run home with Kimbo and the Rooch without Kim Dillon. John Casey filling in today while Kimbo is getting a little better. It's your new home of sport. Download the SEN app, pair it in the car and listen anywhere. Our open line is always there. one 736 736 If you have an opinion you'd like to share or shoot us a text on 0427154166. Matty Rendell's been kind enough to join us, and he can answer more questions for us, Rooch. What's the one burning question you'd want to ask him, Rooch? Matt, I'm not convinced anymore that Brisbane does know what it's doing with Josh Dunkley. No, no, um, don't worry about that. Oh, don't worry. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Don't worry. But they're, they're trading out picks and going later and later. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I haven't actually got them the picks in front of me, but I'm telling you, this bloke spends more time over picks than any than the whole rest of the comp combined on Ambrosia, so he, he knows exactly what he's doing, so uh, just be prepared, mm. there'll be plenty more coming from him. Now John's gone and had a look at Tanner Bruin's record in two years of AFL football and yeah. he goes from a number 12 pick, goes to Geelong with yep. them trading out 18 mm. Are we talking here about clubs paying for potential rather than what he has done already at the Giants? Oh, well, no doubt, um, because, look, he would he really struggled to get into that midfield because the stars started midfield. Yeah. Um, so hard for him to get in. He's a dyed-in-the-wall midfield. I think he played a few games there and played a fair bit forward, much like Cordwell did before he left and went to Essendon. Um, because they've got so many of these midfielders on long-term contracts, it's hard for these kids to get in there uh, where they normally play. Now, people like Callahan, Finn Callahan is a gun into his second year next year. He's a bit different because he can play a bit of half-back and a bit of wing. He's not really... Uh, well, he can play inside mid as well, but he's got strings to his bow. We're a ton of war inside mid type player. So it, it is on potential. I had him around that 12 in the draft yep. uh, where he went. I think maybe a little bit high, maybe nine, I think I had him. Um so no, he's a really good player. He he should slot straight into that midfield in place of uh, uh, Selwood. Um, if not, they pick Jai Clark at pick seven, and he could slot straight in as well. Okay, explain to Clo- Crows fans why the Isaac Rankin deal is lingering and lingering. I don't know. Um, clearly, there's got to be something else besides pick five, and they've got next year stuff that they would have asked for their first rounder next year, which no way knowing the Crows are going to give up. But they should give up their second round for next year. So the five and and future two mm. should, I thought, would have got the deal done by now. I thought that would have been a no-brainer. They're not really doing anything else. The Crows aren't. And, and Gold Coast Suns really uh, aren't doing anything much either. So, I oh, so then why would Adelaide want to put future third on the table and not future second? What's the oh, big... Because they've, they've been petty? Because it's Justin Reid? <laughs> you know he can argue... He can argue, Reedy over wanting pick 57 instead of 58. He can argue one pick back that far, Reedy. So that doesn't surprise me at all. But what's the merit of doing that? Oh, no merit. No merit. Because 
you spend all year sitting there waiting for this time of year, and yeah. and uh, you want to think you had a you, you had a big win. I got one over them. Mm. I got ranking, and I got a, the best deal possible. <clears throat> That's how I look at it. But uh, I can't see why they just wouldn't hand over the future second it's, and get it done. Look, the thing that worries me, Roach, with a lot of this stuff when it's quite petty like this is, mm. is they never think the list managers never think about the mental state of the players involved here. Good point. Who are just who are just in panic mode sometimes. You're going to get the Dunkley's doing it for the second time. Exactly. And you know Rankin might be sitting there and they go, yeah, no, we'll get it done, we'll get it done. But you know it gets later and later and we get into Monday and then you start panicking. Well, what if it doesn't get done and what do I do next? So think of the players, uh, list managers. Think of their mental health when you when you're stringing deals out over petty stuff. Couldn't agree with you more, Matty. I am of the opinion that this more complicated scenario that we have at the moment in terms of future draft picks being traded and salary dumps, etc., etc., I'm convinced that some of these list managers are now out of their depth in what they're doing, and that's why some of these deals aren't getting done as quickly as they should. Am I close to the mark with that? Do you think some of these people just oh. aren't perhaps no, qualified no, no. I enough? I they're pretty good. Yeah, well... It's not rocket science, John. Um, honestly, um, you got your picks. You, you, you get a player, a player you're chasing. You know what's fair. Everyone, the, the big footy, they all know what's fair. You blokes in there know what's fair. It's just go and do the do the deal. But the problem is, they want a, a win for them and a bit of a loss for the opposition. Mm. Uh, and that's how they operate. Some of them, and that's what causes all the problems. That. The fact that you got future picks has actually opened up the whole thing. Uh, it's allowed, um, you know, a lot more movement. And the point system has been fantastic for the trading because it actually puts uh, a value on a pick in the draft. And that makes it uh, a lot easier when you're trying to swap two picks for a player. And he's a, he's a gun player. So Horn Francis, you know, pick eight and nine equals pick one. So I think off the top of my head. So, you know, it's easy to do deals because people can relate to the point system in it. But, yeah, they just, they're happy to string it out. So, I, I don't know why. So on that front, Matt, is it one thing for the Western Bulldogs to play hardball with Brisbane, but then not accept Fremantle wants to play hardball over Rory Lobb? Well, exactly. Yeah, you got the you got the same thing. You, you know, you, they're trying to uh, skin um, Frio, at the same time as uh, Brisbane are trying to skin Bulldogs, so <laughs> yeah. um, it's um, it's frustrating. Don't worry about that. It's frustrating for the supporters. It's more frustrating for the players. Um, Can we shorten you know, up the, the they, trade they, period, Matty? Can we shorten it no, up so this won't drag on for so long? No, you, you can't. I'll give you the reason why. Because um, a lot of players come into calculation not at the start of the draft, but sort of midway. Uh, okay, so we're going to... So like Matheson, for example, he just come out like yesterday and mm. said, look, I'll, you know, I want out. Now, he's he's an easy one because he's, you're not going to get much for him. But And so clubs might go to a player and say, you know, we, you want to move on to another club so they can get a pick in, so they can get a deal done. So what you need to do... It takes two days for a club to organise... Um, they got, they have to one interview him and two they have to do a medical medical yeah 
So if you're an interstate club, you're going to have to fly the player over or you fly over. So it's a two-day deal for that. So that's why they allow so much time. So players, when they come in uh, late to the trade period, that they might end up somewhere else. The the interstate clubs need time to uh, sort themselves out. Mm. We just think that a week and a half, while it's a good drama as a a production show, but... What do you reckon the AFL are going to want to show? No, I, I, mean, just, I understand. Have that. a look. Have understand a look at the, the news. Yep. The news services. The people yep. sending texts in. The, I mean, the whole the cricket started. You wouldn't know. Uh, it's horse racing you know, season, uh, Maddie. We should be talking about the Caulfield racing. Cup next week. <laughs> but this is they're so clever. The AFL. So we roll straight into the trade period when all the other soccer started, basketball started. But you know what's dominating? AFL footy. So then they they opened up the whole trading period of draft picks so you can go right up to the week before the draft. So clubs are changing picks, so they're still talking about footy. They put the yeah. women's footy on yep. this time of year. So people are talking about footy. Then they have the draft in the middle of the cricket season. It's just genius stuff where footy just dominates their airwaves nonstop. Mm. Okay. All right, we'll just get frustrated while we wait and wait and wait. Yeah, wait and wait. We will. We wait. And will yeah. we see any movement, Matty, on Matt Crouch? 27 disposals, four clearances in the AFL this season. They're numbers that I'm sure can help someone. Is there a twist in the tail there? Well, look, I hope so for his sake because he's a good player. But the, the game's changed for people like Tom Mitchell and Matty Crouch. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's run straight and it's run fast and it's kick it long. Mm. Um, it's moved the ball quickly and um, they were great when it was boring as bat poo um, you know <laughs> only three or four years ago for about five years they were fantastic uh, going sideways going backwards um, going nowhere and um, but the game's changed and unfortunately players even though how good they are and how they can accumulate possessions they sort of they sort of nearly become redundant with this, with the way the game's played at the moment. Matt, are you admiring Geelong or critical of them? Uh, no, admiring. Absolutely yeah. admiring. I mean, they, they've got a massive advantage. So, you know, they're the only country team in the whole competition. Um, they're virtually a big country team. Um, they've got a, a big attraction for the whole area down there. It's a, it, I don't know if you, like, you would have been there, but it's, a, it's grown and grown and grown, the infrastructure down there. Yeah. It's a fantastic spot. There's a lot of country kids playing AFL footy. They're attracted to being in the country. They go back if they if they end up in the city, they go back to the country quite a lot. So they've got a massive advantage because obviously they've got their stadium. They're the only team in Victoria who trains on their home ground. Mm. So um, the Crows don't. Uh, Port don't. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, not they don't in Sydney. Uh, Metricon they do. Brisbane don't. Uh, Sydney teams don't. So they're one of two teams in the comp that actually train on their home ground, mm. which is amazing when you think about it. That's a massive advantage. They get to play uh, all interstate teams at home, uh, mostly, uh, because they, they can't put the big games on because the stadium can't hold it. And, of course, they're making a fortune through their stadium, which is about to be finished, and they hardly have to pay for any of it. Uh, state, federal, local... Played for the whole lot. They're going to be a powerhouse for a long, long time. They know what they're doing, and they've done it beautifully over the last 20 years. Um, and I can't see how it just won't 
I can't see how it'll stop. They keep bringing up um, administrators from underneath as well. There's, there's no turnover staff. Uh, a lot of them are locals, like Steve Hocking uh, is now CEO. He obviously played down there and a local. So they just, they've got a plan. It probably wasn't Captain Obvious five years ago, but now after they won the flag and you look at it, you go, oh, this is gorgeous what they're doing. It's looking very good, Matty. Just very quickly before we let you go here, Junior Rioli, if you'd said a month yeah. ago that he's available, you can have him, just put your, the shingle out, he's for sale, take him off our hands, you would have been shot down as being a lunatic. And now the West Coast Eagles have just said, oh, look, go wherever you want, we don't care. What changed? Um, well, clearly he wasn't coming back. Um, and, you know, I, I understand this, but, he's, you know, his dad died uh, during the year. He's been, you know, hasn't seen his dad for, hadn't seen his dad for a long time. He's obviously in Darwin and, and his mother in Darwin, but he, but he, he's got friends in that in South Australia and he clearly wants to be around uh, his friends that he, that he uh, spent a lot of time with when he was in South Australia and closer to his parents or marginally, uh, or his mum, sorry. Um, and I think the club just realised for his, you know, for his mental health, this is a good thing. And so I'm, I'm wrapped that they've, they've conceded on that. Very good Very point good, that Matt. you make. Appreciate your time again, Matty. We'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, John. Thanks, Rooks. Bye. There, Matt. Matt Rendell, the AFL list guru. And you're listening to The Run Home. It's brought to you by Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. And trade radio update for CMC Markets. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Time for a break. 4.17 here on Friday afternoon. More of The Run Home after this. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 4.22 here on a Friday afternoon, your new home of sport. Download the SEN app, pair it in the car and listen live anywhere. You can also shoot us a text on 0427 154 166. John Casey filling in for Kim Dillon. Michelangelo Rucci is here with us though and the texts are coming through. The one thing you can guarantee, John, as soon as we've had Matt Randell on, We'll get a text. You'll get some text. And another text. Well, and another text. He has someone in support. I agree with the Crows being petty. The Gold Coast have been given the world by the AFL. In 2019, the Gold Coast got priority picks 1 and 19. Now the Gold Coast want extra picks from the Crows to enable them to access two academy players in next year's draft. The Crows don't have access to academy players. It's very uneven playing field. Totally disagree with Matt Randell. Yeah. Some agreement and... Haggling over a second or third round draft pick, surely, surely your focus is you've only got one trade. Get ranking in. Yeah, I agree. I don't Pop know why. The champagne it's... corks. Yep, make a big splash. Get it in. Get it done with. Move on. Try and find a winner for the Caulfield Cup Saturday week. <laughs> we need to. We need to move on with that if we can. Oh well, everyone's got their views on how the trades should play, but I, I tend to agree with Matt. There just seems to be. A lot of point scoring going on, going on at the moment. Everyone trying to, instead of do the win-win deal, I've won more than you have. Not sure that's the best way to trade. I don't think these people know what they're doing, Rooch. Okay, John. I'm convinced of it.
As long as we know what we're doing. Well, I don't know if we know that either. <laughs> but we're not trading in people's careers here. So what we are doing, though, is looking after our good friends at Hyundai. The Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now. Let's take a quick break and be back with more of The Run Home in just a moment. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Sorry to say that Kimbo isn't with us again today, but hopefully back on Monday. John Casey filling in here on The Run Home. Let's talk a little bit about Port Adelaide and the trade. Do you know it's Ollie Wine's birthday today? It is. Twenty-eight today. Still plenty of good years there, and you might have a good running partner if Jason Horn francis can get there down to Alberton. And the question is, will North Melbourne want more than draft picks from Port Adelaide? Another name came into the frame today, and Xavier Dersma has made it very clear that he doesn't want to be involved in the trade. Our good friends Riley Beveridge and Cal Toomey had that discussion today. Will Port Adelaide need to find a player who's willing to become a kangaroo? Do you think Port Adelaide will have to lose a player for it to happen? Uh, Not necessarily to West Coast or North Melbourne, but to shift out a player to get in extra picks? Don't No, don't think so. Not mm. necessarily. Yeah. Well, that's not cleared it up for us at all. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be interesting because at this point it looks like Port want to bring in Rioli, Radigalia, Jason Horn francis Evans, and the only player so far who's being told, have a look at where you might be able to play more football is Riley Bonner. Mm, going to have to be another one, you would think. Perhaps. Or are they going to find some rabbit in their hat when they move around some more draft picks? Well, you don't want to miss out. They know who they want. They need to get those three in. And if they need to get one out, then they need to get one out, I'm afraid. Someone, uh, well, might uh, be moving that doesn't want to move. But that happens in this caper, doesn't it? As Ryan Burton found out when he came to Port Adelaide from Hawthorne. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. And today we're doing it without the Kimbo. We're doing it with John Casey and the Roots here. Kimbo, get well soon. Hope to see you on Monday and being here Filling in for Kimbo and across from Rooch, it would be remiss of me if I didn't tell Rooch about the Hockey One League. It's back! Adelaide Fire taking on the Tassie Tigers on Saturday from 7pm at Mate Stadium. First home men's and women's doubleheader of the season. Tickets through Ticket Tech. It's three hours of fantastic family-friendly entertainment. You can stream the game live on KO as well. Get around it. I think the Adelaide Fire is certainly well worth watching. Absolutely. And after having two seasons wiped out by COVID, there'll be a lot of anticipation to see the game back on here at Jeps Cross and the other big event of the weekend. Last time Holden races at Bathurst. And if you want a souvenir, it's not going to be hard to get them. There's pieces flying, <laughs> flying everywhere off. at Bathurst <laughs> at the moment. Very wet, very wet. And any time you get uh, wet racing at Bathurst, it's always entertaining. Let's hope everyone gets through it safely at the moment. But, yeah, yeah tough day at the office for the drivers. All Craig Lowndes ploughing through some grass and water and so Ooh. forth. And um, it can be very hairy. It's great TV, but uh, let's hope all the drivers are safe. Indeed.
So we were going to speak to Steve Johnson at Bathurst, but he's, he's cleaning put the up the mess. In saying, I'm busy with a broom cleaning up the track. <laughs> so we understand that's unfortunate, but he has a job to do. We're going to go to Camden Park. Our good friend Joe is there. He wants to talk about the AFL trade period. Joe, are you pleased or are you frustrated? I am not fussed. I hope we're well rooting the case. Um, we, I know every year, like everyone bangs on about how long it takes. Oh, yeah. it's frustrating and that. But it's like they you pressed on before. It's all about the theatre. The AFL Ooh, yes. love it. Like yeah. Twitter. Like I know my Twitter. I only turn my Twitter on during trade period, and I'm refreshing, 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 refreshing. Twitter loves it. Everyone loves it. The media love it. Like it's just, it's a fantastic, you know, event because it keeps people guessing. Um, do they? When they say like the crows, we want rank and stuff like that. Is the reason they don't hurry up? Like, I'm, I'm quite happy for them to take it to the last minute because, you know, if you rush something like you do in life in any sort of organisation, you might miss out on something that you didn't know that came down the track a bit longer. So yeah. I don't really, I don't, I'm not really fussed when it comes to them taking their time. I'd rather them do that than rush it and then go, oh, God, we could have got, what's it called? We could have got picks. But I haven't seen a trade period where, Say Port, uh, North Melbourne, but in particular Brisbane, like, all these players want to go there, but they haven't got enough uh, A points, uh, B picks. Like I, I could clearly see probably about half the trades that they've expected to go. Like maybe Port will get two out of their three, but Brisbane. So which two do you they think they get? get? One. Which which two do you think they get, Joe? I think they'll definitely get Jason Orn Francis. Yeah. Um, uh, Radigalia. Yeah, and I think that one's I warming. Think... I think that's really warming that one. I think he'd be a good option because, what they were saying before, he's just, unfortunately, Geelong is just a destination. He's, uh, he, when they were playing on Friday nights and Saturdays, all you used to see Radigalia was sitting yeah. in the crowd, and that's a bit of a waste. And yeah, if he can boost the port's back line, um, then, you know, this is the year to do it. And I, I, I uh, give Port a lot of praise for, you know, they're in that premiership window and they're going after players, and that's what they've got to do. And the Crows are just on the other spectrum. They're rebuilding. They think they've got a list. Mm. Oh, I still reckon they need a few midfielders that can actually kick. Mm. But, you know, they're on different times. People just have to be patient. You okay. don't want to rush. Now, Joe, I know it's not the end of the trade period, so we haven't got all the cards in the pack yet. But that's, yep. let's just do some hypotheticals here. And yep. we're working on three brackets. One to six is the top bracket. Seven yep. to 12 is the middle bracket. 13 to 18 is, well... You're at the bottom of the ladder. If Port Adelaide gets everything they've put on the table, Rioli, Evans, Radigalia, and Jason Horn francis what category do they fit? Yes. One to six, uh, seven to 12, one 13 to, six. to 18. Now, one to six. Where, where in that six do you rank them? Top four or fifth or sixth? Uh, probably more than five to six. Okay. But I could actually see them uh, moving up into four because I could see Melbourne being one-hit wonders. Ooh. In my Even with Brody Grundy, you know, like, I don't think it'll make a difference to me. It's all in the head, and I think Melbourne, they were very good and they came lucky, but I could see them definitely dropping out just due to the uh, sort of more the mental side, mental toughness, unlike Geelong. Okay. And Adelaide? Adelaide, I could see probably just maybe on the border of the eight, but the, what they've really got to do, they've got to win those winnable matches. Like they had, they probably had about four last year where they could have gone up, but um, uh, complacency got them in the end. And you know, it's one of those things with a young group. You just think it's going to happen, but yeah. 
hard work. Uh, it's got a good, uh, oh, it's got a pretty uh, natural thing of biting you in the bum when you, you know, get a bit complacent. And mm, probably okay. crows, probably anywhere from, good realistically, eight to twelve. Okay, eight oh, to well, twelve. That's an improvement. There you go, Jake. Good on you, Joe. Enjoy your weekend. Let's uh, send it over now to Ange from Croydon, who might have a, a curly question for Mr. Rucci. Ooh, for a change. Uh, good, good afternoon, boys. Um, there's been a lot of talk about, uh, and I'm probably going to get smashed for this, but that's okay. Uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, you know, trying to find a backman who you uh, can handle the Hawkins and the Lynches and, yeah. the, and, um, uh, and, and the Kernos and those types of forwards. And you know, let's say Port don't get Radigalier or they, they can't find a backman. And here it comes, like, would you consider putting Charlie Dixon in the back line? Surely he could manage and look after some of those players. I mean, look, let's face it, he played really well in the, in, in the ruck. He's very mobile. He's quick off the mark. He's getting a bit older now. So is that an option? I don't like it. I don't think he's quick enough. I don't think he's uh, can you know can mix it with those big guys and really trying to turn a forward into a backman this late in his career. I, look, they know what the problem is down there, Ange. They just need to fix it. They just can't fix it. They can't find the right man who who they need. Where do you get them from, Case? Where do you, where do you actually find them? If they can't find them, you know. I mean, let's face it. And as a big forward, apart from Hawkins, who are like really big strong forwards. I mean, uh, Lynch is strong. Uh, you wouldn't say he's as strong as Hawkins. And, and Rewalt's strong, but again, very similar to Lynch. I mean, surely you could play there a couple of games, couldn't you? Or um, take care of some of those forwards. If, sure. if you can't find a, a backman to suit that. Just not sure it fits him, Ange. I just can't see him as a defender. Yeah, I know. I'm the same, Rich, but I was just thinking about it with a friend of mine and, 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 the, and it came up and I'm thinking, well, maybe, who knows? Maybe it can. I mean, what about Norton from the Bulldogs? He was a backman turned forward. Um, why can't it happen the other way around? I, I think John's point is, is valid. It's too late. It, maybe, maybe seven years ago. You, but I'm not the, that line about teaching an old dog new tricks is probably more relevant here than ever before. I, I'm with John. I don't just see Charlie Dixon converting himself to a defender at this stage of his career. Good on you, Ange. Have a good weekend, mate. Really appreciate your input as always. And we've got a text here from John. Same name as me. Same opinion as me. I'm not a fan of the trade period because I don't understand it. And I can't understand how the AFL allows clubs to salary dump without a cost to the club for mismanagement. Couldn't agree more Good with you, point. John, because people are out of their depth. It's dragging on longer than it needs to. Just tell me when the player's been signed, and I'm happy with that. And we should talk more about Bathurst while we've got a moment here as well, yeah. because we were going to speak to Stevie Johnson up there, but it's too wet and he's cleaning up the mess at the moment. But the good news is that Cameron Waters has been the fastest in qualifying today. But a very slick ride, drive by Nick Perkett, the South Australian, who won Bathurst in 2011 with Garth Tander, the first South Australian ever to win it. He's in the shootout. He's finished seventh today. So that's good news for Nick Perkett and Warren Luff as well. And for those rev heads out there, Cam Waters and James Moffat were the fastest in qualifying today, Lee Holdsworth and Matt Payne. So the first two cars are Fords. 
And then we go to Chas Mostert in a hold in his third. Van Gisbergen, the favourite, along with Tander as his co-driver, fourth in qualifying today. Richie Stanaway, Greg Murphy in the Erebus Motorsport wildcard are top five, which will surprise a lot of people. Will Davidson is sixth. But Nick Percat doing well there. Now, news not so good for Tim Slade. Didn't have a great day out there, the South Australian. But uh, we're just seven weeks away from the Valo Adelaide 500, December 1 to 4, two 250-kilometre races. Uh, the killers are going to be the uh, off-racetrack entertainment, and I think Tim Slade might be saving himself for a big event here at the Adelaide 500. Looking forward to that. Going to be massive here in South Australia, Rooch, but uh, still some plenty of great entertainment coming from Bathurst this weekend. And the last for Holden. The last for Holden, indeed. So... Uh, I think it might be time for us to take a break here on the run home without Kimbo and with with John Casey and the Roots here. And the run home brought to you, of course, as always, by Balfour's. No matter your club colours, Balfour's are for the game. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 4.50 on a Friday afternoon. We're about to talk some cricket with Paul Bonzer down at Karen Rolton Oval. But before we do that, I think Michelangelo Rucci wants to come off the long run. Well, I've got a text message from David, who's on North Terrace. Now, usually I'm reluctant to go into the field of the advertiser because once you've gone, you've gone. But at this point, I will have to endorse. And thankfully, we've got Paul Bonzer on because he's actually at Karen Rolton Oval and he'll be able to tell us what the Redbacks are doing. But David from North Terrace says... I'm reading the Tizer this morning. Report of day one of the South Australia Victoria Shield game. There is not a single reference to a South Australian player. How can that be? Paul, tell us what the South Australians have done today. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. How are you going? G'day, Bonds. <laughs> How can you get a Sheffield Shield report from Karen Rolton Oval involving South Australian Victoria in your local paper and it doesn't mention a South Australian? Yeah, I'm not sure. I might have to uh, chat to our good friend AC about that. But, well, he's on um... holidays. Oh, yeah, he was here. He was hovering around here yesterday. Well, with his he's son, got but, his uh, lad playing, so he's yeah. there on father duty, not correspondent duty. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure, but um, South Australia have had, well, a, a poor start to the day, really. The Victorians batted on, and the two, the number 10 and number 11, Boland and Holland, put on 50 runs for the mm. final wicket that got Victoria up to 310. Uh, Scott Boland got some early wickets for Victoria. South Australia were three for 38 and then four for 54. Sorry, three for 30 and then four for 73 before uh, Travis Head and Alex Carey came together and they batted very well. Uh, Travis Head out for 76, unfortunately. Couldn't get another 100 under his belt, but he played very well. And Alex Carey is still there. And in fact, the wicket's just gone down. Uh. As uh, Wes Agar, who was batting really well, has just been dismissed for 19. So that is the seventh wicket down for South Australia. They're now seven for 210, 100 runs behind. But Alex Carey's still at the crease, and he's on 55. Bonds, that last wicket 50 partnership is starting to look uh, as though it might come back to haunt South Australia. We were promised it was going to be different this year. Things were going to change. But it's little things like that, allowing the 10 and 11 to put on 50, that really does hurt your chances of winning. Very frustrating, and uh, I'm sure for all concerned, Travis Head and Dizzy Gillespie, but, uh, yeah, they just... They come out this morning, there was... The bowlers were probably a little bit tired. They looked a little bit tired, and they swung the bat, 
and got away with it and made, made an extra 50, which in the context of the game might be very handy as you know, we look into day four. But they lead by 100. But Alex Carey's still there. So if uh, Alex Carey can bat through to thumps, we're playing extra time tonight. We'll go through to 6.30 tonight. We lost some time with rain. So if Alex Carey can be there at 6.30, they'll be very close to that 310 mark. Paul, who was best with the ball for South Australia? Oh, look, I, I thought Jordan Buckingham, he took three for 67. Uh, David Grant finished with four for 82, but I thought uh, Buckingham was the pick of the bowlers. He went at around uh, two and over, uh, but just bowled beautifully. Nice rhythm. He looks to be a, a promising bowler for the future for South Australia in just his second shield game. Okay. And the batsmen, right. though, failed to fire again, Bonds. Jake Weatherall to second ball duck. Henry Hunt made three of 40 deliveries. Carter, 15. As you mentioned, Travis Head got 76, including 10 fours and a six. Jake Lehman, 28. But Alex Carey, as you say, if he can stick around, he's 55, five fours and a six in his innings so far. It's going to hinge on Alex Carey again. Yeah, it is. Um, Travis Travis Head looked fantastic while he was at the crease. Um he, he really looked like he was just going to bat all day and then just got a sort of a... He hit young um, debutante Fergus O'Neill for a couple of boundaries and then just got a little bit of a wide one and chased it and got the edge to first slip as the players are coming off with rain again as I speak to you. So just a small shower coming through at Karen Rolton Noble. So hopefully, again, not too long, uh, these guys are off the field and they're back out there again chasing down this 310. And Bond, Scott Boland, four for 53 so far for the Vicks. Uh, what have you made of him? Has he looked as dangerous as he looked last year? Yes, uh, rinse and repeat for Scott Boland. He is an elite and uh, doesn't miss his targets very much at all and makes it very difficult for the batters, gives him no room. He's bowled beautifully and deserves the four wickets. He's been the pick of the Victorian bowlers okay. for sure. All right, thank you, Paul. Enjoy Good on your late session boy. there. Paul Bonds are down at Karen Rolton Oval uh, looking at the Sheffield Shield. And again, as I say, for South Australia, trying to build, trying to get better, little things like that, a 50-run yep. last wicket partnership is Indeed. just not what you want at this stage of proceedings. So, And uh, a reminder as well that uh, SEN's building up to the T20 World Cup. It continues tonight. Join Sam Hargraves and Darren Berry from 6.30 as Australia faces the West Indies live from the Gabba. Catch every ball of the 2022 ICC Men's T20 World Cup live on SEN and the SEN app. SEN, of course, is your home of cricket. We have our good friends at Fujitsu offer us this segment of who's hot and who's not. So when the temperature hits you, just get a Fujitsu. It's Australia's favourite air. When is it going to warm up in Adelaide? Well, not no. on Christmas Day. We're going to have rain on Christmas Day as the long-range forecast. So sorry to, <laughs> what a surprise. Sorry to bring that down what on, upon surprise. you. But it, it'll be warm soon and you'll be complaining it's too hot. Well, who is hot is clearly Stephen Wells, Andrew Mackey at the Geelong Football Club. They've just done another big trade deal. They're the ones who have been busiest and they're the premiership side. You usually expect the premiership side to be the one that's going off for the champagne and still celebrating at the end of a season, but they're getting better and better. They have done this trade whereby they've put some... Trade picks on the table, and Brisbane have lapped them up, and they're going even further back in the draft order. So I wonder how Josh Dunkley is feeling. So they are clearly hot, and as we spoke to Matt Rendell, they're the team to admire for the way they're getting on with their business. Now, who's not hot? Last week, 
We were standing here on a Friday, eagerly watching people come by the studio in their Port Adelaide and Crow scarves. Adelaide Oval was filling up with almost 21,000 people for the first AFLW derby, the showdown W1. And at the same time, Steve Price noted, well, how we could almost a shock jock, isn't he, Steve Price? I think so. Uh, That's accurate. He threw out a column again on the merit of AFLW. Now, no surprise that the two coaches here in Adelaide, Matthew Clark and Lauren Arnell at Port Adelaide, were asked for their reaction to Steve Price column, where he made the point, his point, that he is advising everyone, go watch junior footy with boys because it's more exciting and more entertaining than AFLW. Why we have to do the comparison is interesting in the first place. Lauren Arnell at Port Adelaide had this reaction today. I will say I'm interested in providing oxygen to worthwhile conversations. Whack. Yep. And at West Lakes, Matthew Clark had this response. Well, I, I cope with it by not being aware of it, so um, in, not interacting with, with comments that uh, aren't particularly well-informed is a, always not a bad option. Uh, but it, what I'd observe is if you've been involved, as I have now, for four seasons, what you'll notice is the trajectory of the game is is unbelievable in terms of it's exponentially improving each season. And um, and people just love the contest. People love the, the joy with which the players play and... and so there are other elements than pure skill in terms of putting on a product, but if we just look at it in pure skill, uh, it's it's an exceptionally improving product and it's getting better and better. So um, for anyone that's out there wondering whether they should have a look, if Steve can um, encourage them to get involved and have a look just to check it out, even from a negative point of view, I think they'll be pleasantly surprised. Very clever, Matthew Clark. <laughs> very, very. But why do we have to have a comparison? Well, why can't a... we appreciate each part of the code for what it is. Yep. There's and a men's side of it, there's a women's side. Isn't it the game better for having that diversity? Exactly right. And I think you, Steve, you know a sport very well that has that diversity, has a men's game and a women's game in basketball. Isn't it better for it? Without a doubt. And every sport is, without a doubt, better for having that diversity. And I think Steve Price defended himself by saying it was just his opinion. I accept that. Uh, and I think actually promoting his opinion doesn't help the cause at all, but that's another story. But uh, I think what Steve Price should do is, well, Adelaide are playing Frio this weekend. Following weekend, the Crows play Brisbane first against second. Good game that will be. Watch that game and yeah. see if that changes your opinion, Steve Price, because you will watch a game between first and second on the ladder. Both are travelling very well at the moment, and I think it'll be an outstanding game. So it's only two rounds to go in the women's AFL before we get to the finals. Port Adelaide play, uh, at Hawthorne. No, four, four rounds to go. Uh, four, four rounds, rounds to go, four. sorry. Port at Hawthorne, and then they follow that up. Uh, they've got games against North Melbourne and St Kilda to come as and well. Finish. Going to be difficult for them to make the finals, Rich. I was hopeful that they might be able to get there in the first year, but just haven't got enough wins on the board at the moment. And confirm now that they will finish against Essendon at Alberton Oval on Sunday, I think it's October 29 that day, but it's the last Sunday of October. Now, the four-day weather forecast, when the temperature hits you, just get a Fujitsu. It's Australia's favourite air. What do you like as a weather reader? Uh, I leave that to Amelia Mulcahy at Channel 7. Does it very well, too. She does it very well. I, there's a lot to, actually, I did it one night using the auto cue and using the green screen as well. It's not as easy as it looks. 
Because uh, it's all backwards, isn't it? No, is it all backwards or well, not? Well, you're not. You yeah, it's it's very complicated. Okay. You're trying to read the auto cue at the same time as point to somewhere on the map that yeah. you can't see, which isn't actually there. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it can be a little bit, a okay. uh, little bit tricky. And as I say, it like a lot of things, it's tougher than people actually think to do that. But is tell us gonna, what's going to be on the weekend. Well, there's going to be a bit of rain about the place. Oh. Now Saturday. Maximum of 16, minimum of 19, 20% chance of rain, partly cloudy. Same on Sunday, 17 and 6, 0% of rain forecast on Sunday. And on Monday, warming up 22, minimum of 9, but still a 10% chance of rain. It's not going away, is it? No, it's not. Light drizzle out the window here at yeah, number one King William Street as well. We're live from Studio Lumo, Kimbo on the Rooch, minus the Kimbo part with the John Casey part here on a Friday afternoon. Time for us for break for the news. Just after five o'clock on a Friday afternoon here, Kimbo on the Rooch, the run home. And you can certainly get in touch with us on the open line, one 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427-154-166. Time to talk basketball, and who better to talk basketball with them? The great Brett Maher from Bungie and Brett's to fame. Brett Maher, good afternoon to you. Howdy, guys. How are you going? Hello, Brett. What did you make of the 36ers today, Brett? Oh, look, I think it was a big come down from the uh, the first game. The first win, obviously, shocked everyone. They played so well. A bit of reality hit back today, and they kind of did a bit to us what we did to Phoenix. They came out, shot the lights out, and blew the game out within the first quarter. So... Does that ease the concern that we've had earlier and after that must win against Phoenix? Maybe some of those Adelaide players are going to have NBA scouts looking at them in a different light and wanting to keep them there in the US? Um, yeah, well, I think all three imports played well again. They led the scoring again. Obviously, Randall had 27 to go with his 35 against Phoenix. So he's definitely on their radar. He had eight assists as well. So yeah. he's playing really good basketball and um, could, I don't know, be getting some offers. He's done a fair bit in those two games. Franks was good as well. Had 20 to go with his 32. So that's really good from our two main offensive threats this year. If they do come back, we've got so much firepower at the offensive end. I think... Where we were let down today, we had to go a lot of small ball. Um, Daniel Johnson didn't play. So against that big, long, athletic NBA bodies, I think small ball will work here in Australia. But over there in the NBA, it's uh, not quite as effective. So what vision are you getting, Brett, of what the Sixers will be like this season when they return home? I think they're going to be really tough. I think uh, this is a defensive lineup like we haven't had for a long, long time. Mm. If you look at um, Cleveland, who won Defensive Player of the Year last year, and then you've got uh, Sunday Detch, Mitch McCarron, who are also rated in probably the top five defensive players of the of the league, and that really sets the tone at one end of the court. And then we've shown firepower-wise um, what those imports can bring, and that's backed up by. I mean, Mitch McCarron had 16 assists in that first game against Phoenix, which is unbelievable effort um, and then had seven assists today so um, he's playing some really good basketball and a lot of them will be in good form I just hope they don't get too much um, travel lag from the trip um, for their first game on Thursday against 
um, the jack jumpers. So mission accomplished, uh, I think, is the overall overriding factor here, uh, Brett. Still, they, they beat the Phoenix one thirty-four to twenty-four. Obviously, first time ever in Australian basketball history. Going down today by thirty-three, it was one thirty-one to ninety-eight. OKC over Adelaide. Josh Giddy had ten point six rebounds, five assists in twenty-one minutes. But providing all the players return, I think mission accomplished and what has been a very successful campaign overall. I think it's been an awesome campaign for not only the 36ers, and I would think a lot of 36ers fans were maybe tossing up whether to go or not this year. I think it really would have made their mind up for them, and they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Uh, For the NBL as a whole, it's been a huge success to have the publicity they would have got off the back of that Phoenix win. Um, You couldn't pay enough money for that. They've been talked about all over the world now because of that, and it's been such a great move by Larry to instigate these games against the NBA teams, and it just creates conversation, which is just great for our game as a whole. Does it also encourage investment from the US towards the Australian game? I think so. We've already seen across the league some NBA players uh, investing in our game as, yeah. as part owners, and I think it just just raises that level of credibility in, in the whole league, and that's what we're after, and I think investment will come with that. I think the more we get, hopefully the TV deals get bigger, we get more sponsors and bigger sponsors. And we all know in any sport, the more money you can pay, the better level of talent we get out of here. And we're really starting to see that with the likes of the Franks, Randall and Cleveland with the quality of our imports this year. Does it reach a point where an NBA franchise would look at Australia as a point to even loan players out for a while? I think so. Um, there's a real positive and negative aspect for the NBA. They're, yeah. they're really protective of their, their G League and that over of there, course. their development yep. league. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. And so they're, in a way, they're trying to deter people, players from coming out here. Yeah. But uh, we're also seeing so many good stories coming out of players coming out here. And I think it's a really good option for those kids that are going from high school that they're going to get lost in the college system but can come out here, play professionally and then make that jump to the NBA. And um, we've seen that with some of the next stars already. And, um, yeah, I, I just think uh, it's been a great success for the Sixers. Okay. And I think good reason for the 36ers fans to get out and enjoy the games that are coming up. Uh, Brettster, of course, the 36ers will jump back on the plane and head home. And they're going to be playing here on Thursday night for their first home game of the season. And that's going to be against the Jack Jumpers at 7 o'clock at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. And then they back up on Saturday night against the Illawarra Hawks uh, on uh, from 5pm on Saturday. So two games that they would look at on paper and think we can win these. Uh, it could be a, a great jump start to their season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're coming in. Our first game is round three. So some of these teams will have already got... The Jack Jumpers will have already played four mm. games. So... Um, we're coming in, it's our first game of the NBL season and yeah, to have some games at home I think is a huge bonus and yeah, I really hope we can continue this momentum and, and get off to a really good start. We've certainly got the talent and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this year, it should be good. And what are you cooking up for Sunday? <laughs> for Sunday? Uh, well, we'll cover the basketball, there's the trade talk in the um, footy which is going strong and I've heard uh, you guys 
talking about that. Um, obviously, the, the cricket uh, just started up, the baseball starting up. So we're trying to cover a, a little bit of that stuff with, um, yeah, the hot topics of sport, motor racing, horse racing, um, whatever we can sink our teeth into. <laughs> I tell you, he's all over it, Rooch, and it's not so much what Brett Maher is cooking up, it's what... Brett Maher is drinking down because nippies are a great friend of ours on our show. And as soon as the nippies comes in the door, it disappears pretty quickly before Bungie and myself can get hold of it. And Brett Maher, I'm not sure if he's hoarding it or what he's doing, but he can't get enough of it. Well, that's that's unfair. He did offer me some a couple of Sundays ago, and I did appreciate it very much, Brett. Was it a good price? He's not. Yeah. Uh, no, it was it was free <laughs> and without any pain at all because the apple juice was superb. Apple juice. I like it. No, it's good product. Nice stuff. Very good to view, Brettster. Thanks for joining Indeed. us. And uh, let's hope the 36ers season goes off with a bang on Thursday night against the Jack Jumpers. Yeah, thanks, guys. And yeah, get out and support the Sixers. They should be good this year. Indeed. Uh, no, that, no better reason to get out after these wins and check yep. them out because, uh, as I say, these players may not be here for that long, so go and enjoy it while you can. The NBL continues tonight. New Zealand and Tassie are underway at the moment. New Zealand's first home game in two years. 10-5 is the early score in favour of the New Zealand Breakers, and they just knocked down another three, so their fans will be loving this 13-5. to And Sydney against Brisbane from 7 o'clock tonight as well. And then, of course, continues over the weekend. Some great games coming up. But the 36 is back at home on Thursday. Get out and support them if you can. Which AFL clubs had the worst time off field just recently? Which one has created the headlines that just embarrassed their football club full stop? Oh. Essendon. Yes. They've it gets got, worse. It, no, surely not. Can it? <sighs> so, News Corp is reporting that Essendon paid NFL power broker Michael Lombardi to assess its football department and then failed to present his findings to the club's board. Oh, my God. (laughs) What is going on there, Rooch? Let's move on. Let's move on. Well, look, we're live from Studio Lumo SA, the run home with Kimbo and the Rooch. We'll have more for you coming up right after this. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. And into the final furlong of this Friday edition of The Run Home with John Casey filling in for Kim Dillon. Hopefully Kimbo will be back on deck on Monday feeling a little better and hope we've cheered him up and put a smile on your face as well heading into the weekend. We've got uh, plenty still on the show that will be wrapped up pretty quickly here in the moment, uh, Rooch. But uh, Adelaide Cup tonight. Yes. Big event. Our good friend Todd Gray will hopefully have the winner for us. Todd, is he there yet? We'll get him. Oh, not yet. We'll get him. We'll get him. him. But um, he's uh, on the money, isn't he? It's going to be very interesting there that uh, at the Adelaide Cup tonight. It's uh, a massive event. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, Group 1 event. 8.38 is the official start time of the Adelaide Cup. But there are 12 races. Starts at 6.19. Finishes at 9.58 down at Angle Park. 100k up for grabs for the winner. And wow, she's fast is the favourite. This dog has won over $1.2 million in prize money. That's a reasonable collection for a greyhound. That's impressive. That is very impressive. And And it's still a sport whereby even you and I could invest and do very well. 
Yeah. I think so. I think so. And our good friend Todd is there. Hello, Todd. Todd? Yes, how are oh, we going? Sorry. We've finally got you. Not another yes, call from me. Hollywood, was it? Not another call from no, Hollywood, it was it? No, oh. no, not at all. No, sorry, guys. Okay. All right. Adelaide Cup. Big, big night. Big night, Toddy. Have you done the study? You can't get, you can't get any bigger. Have you done the study? Uh, I've done the study, lads, and some people might call me a madman, but I'm tipping against probably the shortest price favourite in LA Cup history. Brave wow. man. Yeah, so uh, call me a bit of a controversial figure, but I reckon <laughs> she's the best dog, in, best dog in the world at the moment. Wow, she's fast. But from box five, all you have to do is blink and you're in trouble, and I think she can blink, and I reckon she can get in a little bit of trouble. Oh, and who will upset her? Uh, I'm going to look. It's easy to go with the heart when the wallet's attached, lads. I've got a bet in the all-in market going with the one dog here, Mally Magic, the only true blue South Australian dog. Um, I reckon she's every chance. So I'd rather be on her each way. She's double figures and you can get around even money to play. So I'd rather be on her each way than the favourite to win at the short quote. Um, okay. I can't see why she won't miss why she won't miss the podium from box one. I really don't. All she right, and what else? In a heat. And what else are you uh, doing with your money? Well, stop me, if, stop me if you've heard this one before, lads, but race one, number three, Basil Brush Road. You are the rinse and repeat, <laughs> man, are you? You are rinse and repeat. Are you going to ride this one until we get the winner? <laughs> I think so at the moment. This dog will never get off my, I'll get out of my black book. Uh, last week, he was massive again. Like, he was nowhere for the first three quarters of a lap. And then the waves parted, and he just came storming home. He was such an eye-catching run, but he does it every week. He sucks me in every single week, but he keeps running the place at least at double figures, mm-hmm. and he's double figures again here. So I can't see why he won't run a place again. Um, I reckon he's a tremendous each-way bet, but you know what you get with him? He'll be very slow out, won't be in the pitcher early, but the last 200 metres, and it's just starting to um, spit down here at the track. A little bit of a wet track will suit him even better. He'll win one day, and when you do, I'll go to the top of Rundle Mall and shout from the rooftops. So each way, Basil Brush Rose in the first. And if we get into trouble by the end of the night, what are you doing for us then? Uh, I, I do. Probably probably my get-out is also my best bet of the night, lads. Okay. Race 11, number four, Scorching Sun. Uh, this race has been plenty of scratching. There are only three dogs left standing now in this race. Um, two of them need the lead, and one of them doesn't. And I like the dog which doesn't. Um, Scorching Sun, look, he'll be third of the three early. He will be last at the halfway mark, but he's he's a lot better than these in the second half. As long as he doesn't lose, in, as long as he doesn't lose, you know, too much ground early, which in a three dog field he really shouldn't. Hard to find trouble in a three dog field. No, he will just space. gobble these up. Yeah, he will go, touch wood. Fingers crossed. He will gobble these up late. So okay. race eleven, number four, Scorching Sun to sweep over the top. And hopefully send us home on the winning on a winning note. Good on you, Todd. Have a good night there at the Adelaide Cup. Really looking forward to it. And uh, we'll revisit those bets because that's a big move. He's tipping against the hot pot favourite in the Adelaide Cup. Be interesting to see how that unfolds. And for expert Greyhound Racing tips, follow at the Dogs SA on Twitter or check out Greyhound Racing SA on Facebook. All the info you need. Do you know what we do on Fridays, John? Friday forecast. Exactly. With mm. our theme music. Yes, it is Friday, and we put three categories on the table. Sure thing. Sure thing. Sure thing of the weekend. Got a sure thing for you. 
might be heading into Miles Fitzner territory here, but race three, number two at Caulfield tomorrow. Horse called Troach, $8.50 each way. Gamble responsibly, but I think it is a sure thing. Troach, race three, number two at Caulfield tomorrow. Right, I'll be looking at the race results in the mail on Sunday morning. Now, my sure thing is there is no doubt there'll be another Port Adelaide player mentioned as a potential trade bait carrier for the Jason Horn francis deal. Oh, I like the Most sound of that. Most at stake. Yes. I'm still waiting to see how Brisbane puts together a package that satisfies the Western Bulldogs and they're running out of time. I so think Josh so. Josh Dunkley would be sweating. Most at stake for me, Craig Goodwin, Adelaide United, kick off their season tomorrow. It needs to perform if he's going to the World Cup. And Doomsday with 19 of the 28 cars carrying the Holden badge <laughs> at the last ever Bathurst with Holden. You wouldn't want to miss the podium, would you? That would be doomsday. Two fastest cars today are both Fords. My doomsday scenario, Jason Horn francis and Isaac Rankin. Deals don't get done until next Wednesday, and we're going to have to put up with a mess (laughs) and talking about it until then. I've had enough. Good night, everyone. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.